still ended up with the, with the best team that I feel like was the team. And so I'm so excited to get started. I can't wait. I've been training my body for that for the last three years. I feel like, um, and I'm definitely ready to step into that role and, and see how it plays out. For the record, we, we asked 112 kids if they'd be okay on the Las Vegas Strip or was it going to be a problem. All 112 said, no, coach, you will be fine. We didn't find one guy that admitted that Vegas would be an issue. <laughs> so they all lied to us. Hey, everyone. It's time for another edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. I'm Heidi Fang, joined with Michael Gelkin. And it is a late night here on Thursday. The NFL draft has just concluded, and Michael and I are sitting in the cafeteria of what is the Oakland Alameda headquarters for the Raiders. Michael, a lot of names came off the board for the Raiders, three in fact. And I was a little bit surprised when we heard the name Cleland Furl, and that is how we pronounce his name we had him <laughs> on a conference call somebody asked that is how you say it. it's like Cleland and then Ferrell like uh so it's a little different than like saying Will Ferrell or Ferrell yes. like Scott Ferrell so yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's a little bit different to pronounce but um selected defensive end Raiders filling the void there that we expected but maybe not the name people expected well, Michael what was your take when you heard that name selected as the number four overall pick in the NFL draft not a shock that he's a Raider but a shock that he became a Raider so soon he was somebody who was thought to go mid first round maybe in the 20s perhaps he would slip to the Raiders at number 24 perhaps they would trade up for him although that maybe seemed less likely just because of the draft capital it seemed unlikely to trade up this in the first round uh, but to go number four uh, that was a surprise no doubt about it uh, of all the names that were in my mind as to who the Raiders could take <laughs> at number four I mean at Oliver Quinn and Williams if he was available he wasn't uh, it didn't sound like Josh Allen, uh, as the process went along, was necessarily in the Raiders' uh, minds uh, in terms of him being a fit. Uh, but still, you just you're going through the the, the list, and Furl just wasn't on there. And yet, uh, I will. I think first, you credit like if Mike Mayock, the Raiders' general manager, was Mike Mayock, the NFL Network analyst, who's posting a mock draft for everyone to see we probably would be less surprised that Furl went in the top five of, of the 2019 NFL draft. But uh, we didn't know how much Mike Mayock liked him. We didn't know how much the Raiders liked him. And so credit Mike Mayock and John Gruden, a couple of savvy ex-media guys who did a pretty good job keeping their guy out of media's grasp. And I like what he had to say about his top 30 day when he came out, uh, his meeting with John Gruden. He said John Gruden was like running. What was that whole story he told about Gruden and coming out uh, during oh. his top 30 day? Yeah, he, uh, he visited the Raiders uh, this month, earlier in April, and he didn't really get a chance, it sounded like, to see or really actually talk to John Gruden because apparently he was on the elliptical for three hours. There's probably some hyperbole there. One thing that really stood out from our conference call with Furl is just the personality. You can see why a team such as the Raiders would fall in love with the guy. Uh, he's got a captivating story, somebody who hails from a military family. His mother served in Operation Desert Storm. His father uh, was in Vietnam, did multiple tours there, and passed away when Furl was 13 years old. And so uh, it's just, uh, you know, you see the, uh, someone who's overcome that personal tragedy to then become a leader of the Clemson defense, to become a national champion. Mike Mayock was at the national championship game in Santa Clara this January when it was Alabama versus Clemson. And 
not to tip our hand a little bit, we're going to talk about an Alabama guy in a little bit, <laughs> uh, but Furl's on the field, and he saw the way that he led. And over the draft process, talking to other Clemson players and people at Clemson, uh, just the way that Furl was characterized, this is a guy who will be a leader of your defense. Don't know if he's a superstar. There's a reason he was projected in the mid, you know, teens or 20s is because he didn't have like the he wasn't thought to have the upside of some of these other guys but from athletic uh, forget at the athletic standpoint for a moment and think just character and production uh, this is a guy who brings both to Oakland he certainly has the personality. One of the comments he made about his meeting with Gruden was that Gruden gave him a hard time about not running the 40, and then he chuckled at it. So that was, I think, something that you could see, and even though we weren't looking at him, you could hear it in his voice, just the lightheartedness that he has, the character that he has. So, And like you said, with that backstory, very interesting, and we'll look forward to getting to know him. But as we look to the number 24 pick with Josh Jacobs, somebody out of Alabama, this morning I watched on the NFL Network, actually, a package that was done where Mark Ingram was kind of taking a stroll through the old Alabama facilities with um, Josh Jacobs and uh, something that stuck with me is that Jacobs said he tries to style himself after the way he saw Mark Ingram run even the flexing that he does in the end zone what kind of character do we have here with Josh Jacobs coming to the Raiders well, I think first I want to circle around a little bit to an area that I described about Furl's background because I think it applies as well to Josh's, where talk about age 13 when Furl lost his father. Well, at age 13, Josh Jacobs is homeless, and uh, or it'd be if he was bouncing around uh, over the course of his life, he was he was homeless for a period of time. And age 13, uh, according to an article in the Player Tribune uh, that came out today on Thursday, although technically we're at midnight, so it's, it's Friday it's now. Friday now. Um, <laughs> According to that article, uh, Jacob, uh, Jacob says that he was shot at for the first time when he was 13. So you have two, you know, the first two picks that the Raiders selected in their 2019 draft. One guy lost his father when he was 13. And the other one got shot at for the first time when he was 13. Both these players overcame this to become who they are today. NFL players, uh, guys who are part of uh, fantastic college football programs, leaders on their respective teams. And so, again, we could talk a lot about the on-field stuff, and we will. Uh, I'll, I'll transition to that quickly uh, with, with Jacobs. But I think it's important because it certainly was on the Raiders' minds to get to know these players as people, as individuals. And uh, Gruden, he said that he told uh, Josh Jacobs – or Josh Jacobs said, yeah, Gruden told me at the Combine he was going to draft me with one of the team's three first-round picks – and then Mike Mayock told us, yeah, Gruden's been pretty much saying that to everybody in terms of I'm drafting this guy, and he is. And so this guy, uh, Josh Jacobs, he can do it all as a running back. You want a guy who can be physical, that's him. You want a guy who can run routes, that's him. You want a guy who can pass protect, that's him. And so the Raiders got themselves a versatile uh, running back, uh, somebody who can do it all, be a three-down type of back. Uh, he can be on the field regardless of the situation. I've heard some people compare him with Marshawn Lynch. They're really totally different characters. Where Marshawn Lynch, you know, you're going to pound up the rock, and if you're late in the game and you got the lead in your two-minute offense or four-minute offense, rather, you're going to have Marshawn Lynch just banging away. But with Josh Jacobs, he's different in that when you're behind, you can, he can still be part of your game plan. 
Marshawn Lynch, when you're behind, he isn't really because he's not that dynamic of a receiver. You, you transition to the Jalen Richards of the world. Uh, but Josh Jacobs, uh, although Jalen Richard and others are expected to continue to be involved, uh, this is a guy who projects to carry the load. And what's also exciting is that he hasn't carried the load before, so he's pretty fresh from you know the wear on the tire standpoint, the mileage standpoint. Uh, he'll get a larger load, presuming he earns it and protects the football and pass protects like the Raiders think he can. He'll get a larger load in the NFL than he handled Alabama, and the Raiders are really eager to see how he responds to that challenge. You mentioned Marshawn Lynch, and that's something we haven't yet addressed. It was put out there that he is looking to wrap things up, that this is going to be it for him. It's not really been made official, but it's been alluded to that he is, in fact, retiring. This was his last season. He won't play again. Uh, he finishes out his career in Oakland, his hometown, where he's from, back in the Bay. Uh, do you have any expectation at all that Marshawn Lynch maybe sits around for another month or two and decides, you know what, I do want to play? Do you expect anything like that to happen? I'll never try to be in the mind of Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> um, for being around him, yeah. I, I always respected him. And to see him up close, uh, you just respect him that much more, uh, not only for who he is as a player and as a teammate, but as a businessman, uh, you know, somebody who markets himself, I think, as well as any athlete period uh so uh he but yeah he's gonna do his thing and i'm not gonna handicap it one way or another but that being said you know if, if indeed marshawn lynch is retiring which it sounds like he is if the raiders wanted marshawn back he wouldn't be retiring he'd be a oakland raider for the final season in oakland but they as an organization wanted to go younger uh, it was expected that they would draft a running back at some point Josh Jacobs at 24, I think a lot of people entered this draft thinking this could be a fit, and it happened. And so it uh, looked unlikely before the draft that Marshawn Lynch would be back with the Raiders. It uh, looked unlikely that he would continue his career thereby. And now with the selection of Jacobs, it seems pretty concrete that he won't be back. But until Marshawn Lynch puts it out there himself, uh, we'll just have to wait and see. All right, number 27. We have Jonathan Abram. He's coming in. And... Uh, what do you expect from him right away? He's somebody that I think they need, obviously, because you said like LaMarcus Joyner, you talked about him kind of playing more nickel corner. So Jonathan Abram, where do you expect to see him? Yeah, he'll be, I expect, a starting safety in the secondary right there beside Carl Joseph. Uh, you draft a guy like this in the first round, you're starting him. Uh, we always leave the caveat of, you know, you have to earn it, but he's going to have every opportunity to start as a rookie. Uh, that goes for Josh Jacobs. That goes for, of course, the number four overall pick, Cleveland Farrell. So uh, with Abram, he gives the Raiders more speed than they had in the secondary last season. I think that was something that was a real focal point for the Raiders, and it even started in free agency. Uh, you know, look, Marcus Joyner is a huge upgrade for the team at that nickel spot. Leon Hall did a fantastic job, went healthy before a back injury. Uh, but, I mean, he's a guy who's, you know, 34 or so, around the same age as Reggie Nelson, who was a safety. And so you talk about the upgrade from Hall slash uh, Nick Nelson at nickel corner last season to go to Mar LaMarcus Joyner. That's significant. <laughs> and then at safety, if we go from uh, Reggie Nelson – who's probably, I think, retired. Speaking of guys who are retired, I don't think he's going to be in the NFL any longer. Uh, to J uh, Jonathan Abram as, as a rookie, um, you, know, you lose some experience, but what the Raiders get in terms of athleticism is a substantial uh, deal for this defense. So Paul Gunther's uh, defense, no doubt, gets a lot better, gets some more leadership. 
I don't know what Jonathan Abram was going through at age 13. I don't have any personal tragedy in his life, too. Um, but there's a story there, no doubt, in terms of where he came from that I'm looking forward to learn. And so that's, that's the thing about this trio. And on Friday, the Raiders are going to be picking again at number 35 overall, the third pick in the second round. And so adding in, uh, p potentially they could trade back as well. Uh, but we're going to get to know these guys and – Raiders fans are going to know these guys, and eventually people in Las Vegas are going to see these guys playing in a new stadium. And so this is uh, – if the Raiders have their way, we're talking about three guys who are going to be a core part of this organization's future. Leaders not just on the field but off of it. And that was a big deal. Vegas is something that came up in a lot of conversations that Mike Mayock, John Gruden, and the Raiders scouts and coaches had with players. I think they said – what was it, 112? Yes. 112, 112. 112 prospects that they spoke to pre-draft. All of them were asked, so will it be a problem for you living around the Las Vegas Strip? And how many of them, Heidi, said it would be a problem? Zero. And so I believe Mike Mayock thinks they're all liars. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so. But I think he believes that the three that he took will be uh, truthful about that. So we'll see if they all get off on the wrong foot here with Mayock or not. But um, that is a big deal for all of these players that will be a part of the team come after everything is said and done when we have the 53-man roster set that the next year will be in Vegas. For these younger players, do you think – that that's something that they think about as they kind of start out their season in Oakland, like any sort of way that, I don't know, is it a distraction or not a distraction? I don't think it's a distraction. Um, guys are aware of it. Guys are aware about how much cheaper it is to live there, yeah. uh, how 13.3% of their salary that they lose to state income taxes becomes 0% because Las Vegas is one of seven, or pardon me, Nevada is one of seven U.S. states without any state income taxes. Um, you know, they're, they're aware of all that. Uh, you know, Colton Miller, I spoke to him earlier this month, and he told me that he's building a house in the greater Las Vegas area. And so he's, um, you know, thinking ahead and understanding that he's gonna, it's going to be home for him. And, you know, when you're a 2018 first-round draft pick and you sign a four-year contract with a fifth-year team option, you can afford to look into the future. A lot of these guys – We've said it all along throughout this relocation, don't know whether or not they're going to be part of the team's future. I mean, can you imagine if in 2017, when the Raiders first were approved to relocate, if some of these guys were getting houses built? I mean, the, the roster has turned over substantially sure. since then. And so uh, Miller, though, is obviously part of the team's plans, and he can afford to do that. And all three of these first-round draft picks and the selections to come, that's at least the one on – on Friday, today, I, I should say, uh, <laughs> that he, he, can, he can probably afford to look at the house mar housing market there as well. And that's something I actually like that Jonathan Abram said in his conference call with the media was that he wasn't intending to spend any of his money on anything right away. He said he was going to save it all. We'll see how that goes. Hey, that's, <laughs> that's one more check in the box. That's, yeah. that's what the Raiders want to hear. Power to him. All right. Well, that'll do it for us here for day one of the NFL draft from the Raiders headquarters. You can catch all of our episodes online on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. We're now on Spotify. You can find the Vegas Nation podcast on any platform where you listen to your podcast. And make sure to subscribe and also leave us some comments. We want to know what you think about the show and how we're doing good or bad let us know we want the feedback so <laughs> <laughs> and also find all of michael's work on review
ReviewJournal.com, and we're also on ReviewJournal.com slash podcast. So thank you for listening, and we'll be back with another episode soon where we wrap up everything that went down in the NFL draft, Raiders-related. Thank you again. <laughs>